Welcome to an enlightened hour of interactive talk. This is Guided Spirit Conversations with host Marla Goldberg. In this program, we spotlight guests from all over the globe who have helped others change their lives and will provide you with the tips, tools, and techniques that you need to help make a difference in your own life. Now, here is Marla Goldberg. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this wonderful edition of Guided Spirit Conversations. So today, I'm so excited to have Allison Stillman back. Allison is an aromatic alchemist, author, teacher, and coach, and one of the world's leading experts on transformational use of essential oils. Her book, The Sacred Art of Anointing, which I have, by the way, right here, is a result of her 40 years of research and practical experience with essential oils and is featured in the Harvard Divinity School Library. She teaches workshops, leads retreats, and coaches clients from around the world, has been featured in magazines and on radios across the country, has conducted long-term studies on the effects of essential oils on dementia and Alzheimer's, as well as working with nonprofits to bring aromatherapy to people in recovery. In addition, Allison is an environmentalist, and she is very entrenched in saving our world, and she's going to help us today give us tips, tools, and techniques on how we can join her in saving this planet. So, welcome, Allison. Thank you so much, Marla, and thank you for that beautiful introduction. It's nice to be back with you. I always love spending time with you. Me too. Eventually, we're going to meet face-to-face. There, there's no doubt about it. <laughs> I already feel like I have, I guess, because we've done so many of these in Zooms, and I feel like I know you so well. Well, there's just that energy piece to it, right? That connects, that connection, and it's there. Yes, so, it is. And as I was taught, when people have such a connection, there's past lives involved, good Absolutely. past lives. So I believe in that. Yes, I so, do too. We're a soul tribe that's come back together again. We are. Isn't that wonderful? Yes, it is. I think it's great. Okay, I want to talk a little about the aromatherapy. I had a question come to me for you. And I'm going to start with that. And it's, how can essential oils help people with developmental problems or issues? That's a great question. So one of the things that I've learned over the many, many years of working with essential oils in all of the different capacities that I've, I've ventured into is that the fastest way to access the emotional and behavioral centers in the brain is through the limbic system or the sense of smell. And so there are there have been a lot of studies done around uh, certain fragrances and essential oils and how they help do all kinds of different things from increasing sales in a department store, um, helping students to retain knowledge and information and improve test scores from factories and manufacturing, increasing production on a factory line. And so when you think about developmental issues, that's all in the behavioral center, the emotional and behavioral centers of the brain. That's where it all instigates. And so if you can start to play with different essential oils that can have an impact on that behavioral center, and even if it's just diffusing oils in your home, 
And that will have an impact on how you feel and how you behave and, and what you're producing. Because they do have essential oils that calm you down. So if you're being hyperactive um, or if you're just anxious as an adult or just, a, you know, somebody who doesn't tend to have those issues, that these essential oils will help calm you down. Can you name a few of Absolutely. the oils that can help calm? The number one down? oil that I would recommend, which is widely available and tends not to get diluted because it's a very prodigious um, supplier of essential oil is lavender. And lavender is what's called a universal oil, meaning that it has every component or uh, chemical constituent in it. So depending upon the amount that you use, it can either be a stimulant or what it's mostly known for is a relaxant because we tend to just use a few drops of it. Maybe it's to rub a couple drops on the back of our neck or along our spine or put a couple drops on our pillow at night before we go to sleep or even just to have it diffusing in your house through a diffuser. You're actually calming the central nervous system and it will relax and calm the entire body. I have to say, it's so true. I was um, out of town and one of the amenities was a little spray bottle of lavender, lavender to spray on your pillow to sleep at night to help you sleep better. That's it. Yeah, and it yeah. really works. And it's lavender is a great one too because you can also use it on children and it's the only oil that I would ever recommend using undiluted on the skin, meaning not in a carrier oil. And again, I always recommend that less is more. So one to two drops on a child, you're gonna wanna, you're gonna wanna disperse it in the palm of your hand first so it's not as concentrated and strong and then massage it on the spine of a child. Like if you have uh, a young one who's having oftentimes they have night terrors, you know, from two to four, somewhere in that age. And if you take a drop or two and just rub it into the palm of your hand and rub it along the spine of your, your child, it will help them calm and relax and, and help them through that stage. So very beneficial oil. I, I will never be without lavender. I think it's the number one oil to have. And especially too, for any kind of wound that you you encounter. Lavender was actually responsible for the resurgence of aromatherapy in the world today. It was in the early 1900s. We kind of lost it during the Inquisition. Uh, aromatherapy disappeared and was really kept behind closed doors. But in the early 1900s, there was a doctor in France who was doing studies on essential oils and he had a, suffered a very bad burn and had a vat of water and a vat of uh, lavender oil on his tabletop in his lab and just automatically stuck his arm in the lavender oil thinking it was water. And what he discovered was the burn never blistered, it didn't scar, and it healed right away. And so it led to a very deep uh, study of lavender. And it's an incredible cell regenerator. It heals burns like nothing else and open wounds. It actually regenerates the cells and kills off bacteria and virus, as all essential oils do, which I think is a really important thing for everyone to know that 
it's a great combatant towards virus and bacteria in the world. What about people with a, um, ADHD? I, would, you know, what, would it be stimulant? Would it be uh, lavender? Would it, the lavender go for that as well? Lavender is very calming. I, I read an interesting article by a psychologist quite a few years ago, and I tend to lean in that direction, having friends who have children that were diagnosed with ADD and ADHD and were on all kinds of drugs for it. And what I noticed about those families was that they were very active, worked a lot, traveled a lot, very busy lives. And my experience around my godchildren and nieces and nephews is that when children are born, they're very present and they, they, they have things that are very simple and they go very slow. Like when I had my goddaughter when she was very young, we were out on a walk and we found this puddle of water and I threw a rock in it and watched the ripples. We sat there for an hour watching ripples in this little puddle of water and and that's the speed at which young ones need to develop in order to take in the the senses around them all of the experiences around them and we push them to get into these very busy schedules and and the psychologist was surmising in her opinion that ADD and ADHD are a result of these fast-paced lives that we're subjecting our children to who really need to be playing outside and delighting in nature and the simple things in life. So lavender is a great one to slow down their central nervous system. What about focus and concentration? Because don't individuals with ADHD have trouble focusing? They just sort of bounce like well, and, and I really, I think that's a result of their environment, right? They've got so much stimulus coming at them and you, you want them to focus on one thing, but there's so many things around them distracting them, right? That's I think if, if we slowed down to their pace, I don't think the problem would be as exacerbated as it is today. Oh, that's fascinating to hear because I think a lot of people are unaware of that that factoid. You know that you know if, when you're having a child, putting them in front of all the stimulation, and I have to say it sort of amazes me about little young kids, and I'm talking about two, three years old with iPads, and they sit and they watch their videos, and yes, there's education to them, but it's also um, I think it. it for me, and, and I've never had children, I have to, so I'm not in anybody's shoes. I can't talk about it. But I almost feel like it, it offers a disservice in a way to the growth of the child. I agree. It's, it's an unnatural <clears throat> process that happens in the brain. And, and you don't really want to be in front of screens. Like if you're, you're trying to go to sleep at night and you're on your computer or you're on your phone and you're watching a video or whatever, it actually produces dopamine in the brain, which is an addictive hormone and it stimulates the brain. So you have a hard time sleeping. And so if you look at developing, bra- developing brains, you don't really want to stimulate them that way. You want them to move at their own pace. These kids, we're just pushing them into these fast-paced lifestyles that aren't really healthy for any of us, to be honest. 
Well, I know how fast my life can go sometimes. And it's like, I need to like put on the brakes and go, whoa, Nelly. Absolutely. And that's an old statement, isn't it? An old yeah. <laughs> I still say it too. I love that. <laughs> but it's like, you know, I need to have some downtime. I can't keep pushing so fast because what happens in my opinion is collapse. You know, mm-hmm. things, the structure starts to fracture. And if something's fractured, how long can it hold you together? Well, and that's what happens with children with ADD and ADHD. They just can't keep up and they collapse and they react and they freak out. And so the parent goes, what's wrong with them? And you know the story from there. But anyway, I think lavender, blue chamomile are excellent, excellent oils for calming and relaxing the central nervous system, probably for the parents as well that are Going at these fast pace be good for them too, or even just to be diffusing it in your house, so that it's calming and relaxing for the the entire family. And here's and here I don't know why I'm getting this guidance. I'm not an alchem- aromatic alchemist, but I'm hearing putting it at the bottom of a child's feet before bed. Yes, will help them, or even the adult on any human's feet. Absolutely, I, mean, even, I think animals it'll work on too. No, yes. In fact, one of the the fastest ways to affect the entire body is through the feet because all of the internal organs and systems of the body are reflected in the feet, in reflex points within the feet. And they've done some studies on that and they've looked at how to affect changing the vibrational frequency of internal organs and how long it takes once you apply the essential oil to the feet to affect an internal organ. And so, for example, eucalyptus, all the different varieties of eucalyptus are powerful respiratory oils. And so they measure the electromagnetic frequency of the lungs. And they, they saw that within 20 minutes of pl- applying eucalyptus to the reflex points of the feet, which are the balls of the feet on the top and the bottom of the feet, they actually increase the electromagnetic frequency of the lungs significantly within 20 minutes. And when I've applied it to myself or many of my clients that have respiratory conditions, you can actually feel a coolness in your lungs by applying the essential oil of eucalyptus to your feet. Now, do you need a carrier oil with that? No. Or could you do? Okay, yeah. so I'm somebody who has asthma and I'm going... I need to try this. I need to I've actually this. taken people out of asthma attacks with eucalyptus. Interesting. Yeah. So, and I would recommend, particularly for asthma, if it's really acute, definitely three or four drops of eucalyptus on the, on the balls of your feet and on the top corresponding area, the top of the foot, and rub it in really well and then hold your hands over those areas for two to three minutes so that the, because essential oils are very volatile, they evaporate very quickly. And so you don't want them to evaporate. You want them to dissipate into the system, right? And then once you've done that, I also recommend taking a drop or two in the palm of your hands and rubbing your palms together and cupping your hands over your nose and inhaling into the lung so that you get those aromatic molecules, which are very microscopic, into the lungs directly. And I've had great success with asthma doing that. So that's amazing. So 
Is anointing different than applying? Like we were yes. talking about applying it to your feet, applying it to, you know, in your palms, breathing it in. Yes. So how is anointing different? So the act of anointing or the art of anointing, when you anoint something, you are consecrating it with the essential oil. And these oils, some of these oils, particularly some of the more spiritual oils, have been used in sacred ceremony, rites, and and rituals for thousands of years. And they have an inherent knowingness of this because they're elect they're live electromagnetic plant molecules, right? And they have this inherent knowingness of the sacredness of this act of anointing and in the in the act of consecrating something, you're making or declaring it sacred and divine. So when you anoint your heart, you're consecrating it, you're calling it divine, you're calling yourself divine, and you and you begin to recognize the truth of who you really are. It's an incredible way to awaken divine consciousness. I've I've just watched miraculous things over the years in this act of consecration with holy oils. Wow. And so the holy the holy oils would be well, frankincense, myrrh. number one is going to be frankincense. It's been used forever. In fact, that's what a lot of the uh uh, rites in the churches have stemmed from the ancient methods of of the rites of passage of anointing that were done in the temples of Egypt and Samaria and other advanced civilizations. And so many of the the baptism and last rites that that were based on those ancient, much more evolved rites and rituals have used frankincense as a method of consecration or a, a vehicle of consecration. And our souls have a memory of it. I, I, I'll tell you a real quick story before we have to take a break. Um, I was taking care of an elderly aunt, and we did not grow up Catholic. She'd never been exposed to frankincense, and it was two days before she passed and left her body, and I anointed her with frankincense. And she was kind of in and out of consciousness at that point. And I anointed the top of her head, her shoulders, her heart, the palms of her hands, and the soles of her feet with frankincense. And she opened her eyes and she goes, I remember this smell. Now, she had never smelled it in this lifetime, but her soul remembered the smell of frankincense. That's an amazing story. As I start choking, (laughs) But, um, well, we're going to talk more about the, the holy um, essence, and then we're going to also start talking about the environment. So stay tuned. We'll be back in a short bit and uh, ready to talk more with Allison. Take care. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. My effing long journey to loving myself, a guide to a shorter path, is an account of Marla Goldberg's transformational journey and a guide to some of the most powerful TTTs or tips, tools, and techniques that she learned along the way. These TTTs taught her how to release anger and learn how to forgive ultimately finding total self-acceptance and self-love. 
Learn to release anger, frustration, and stress. Learn to forgive others and yourself. Go from self-loathing to self-love. Pick up your copy of Marla's book by visiting marlagoldberg.net. Exploring the Enneagram with Dr. E is an amazing way to help you be you. Join host Dr. Deborah Egerton as she helps you to see how exploring the Enneagram helps you understand why you do the things you do. Understanding yourself can strengthen relationships, offer new perspectives, and help you live the life you were intended to live. You'll look at different aspects of your life in a whole new light. Exploring the Enneagram with Dr. E is broadcast live every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Tune in every week for Inspired Chi Radio with A.J. Johnsack and Tracy Sanginetti. Do you sometimes feel like you have no direction? Every one of us is a soul with a body, not the other way around. Discover your talent and purpose. Tracy and AJ help you create your most authentic life and master your powerful, positive energy using modalities like hypnosis, tarot, and your own individual Akashic records. Join us live every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Guided Spirit Conversations. To reach Marla Goldberg or her guest today, you're invited to call in to the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, the address is guidedspiritconversations at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. I hope that you have been enjoying this conversation I'm having with Allison Stillman. And if you're just joining us, Allison Stillman is our guest. She is an aromatic alchemist. I love saying that. It just sort of like rolls. And she's an author, teacher, coach. She is one of the leading experts, the world ex- world's experts on the transformational use of essential oils. Her book, The Sacred Out of Anointing, which I have right here, is a result of 40 years of ser- research and practical experience with essential oils and is featured in Harvard Divinity School Library. Um, but on top of that, Allison is also an environmentalist. And we're going to talk further about how we're going, how the environmental movement and the essential oils work together. But before I do, I do want to give you Allison's information. So if you want to look up Allison and get in touch with her, you can find her at www.allisonstillman.com. And that's A-L-L-I-S-O-N-S-T-I-L-L-M-A-N.com. Welcome back, Allison. Thank you. I'm excited to be with you. I'm excited too. Let's talk about the environment, about the global issues and essential oil and metaphysics and how they come together. That's it. That could be a very long conversation. But, you know, I think for me, I've always been an environmentalist in the sense that I find my peace, my God, my 
divinity when I'm in nature. And I always have as a little girl, I was always out in the garden or always out walking in the woods. And I loved flowers and growing flowers with my grandmother. And, and it, I was always into the sensory delight of nature. And so I started studying essential oils in earnest when I had a very profound experience in the Redwood Forest when I was 18 years old. And I, I had this encounter with a wild rhododendron that awakened my sense of smell in such a powerful way that it overcame all of my other senses. And it set me on a course of discovery about the sense of smell, which led me into aromatherapy, of course. And so I've always been about planting more, you know, leaving more beautiful gardens wherever I go. And, and I had an experience, which I was sharing with you earlier, um, that really set me on my course of wanting to be an advocate for the environment rather than uh, just a participant or somebody who was in nature and using nature, but not advocating for it. So uh, let's talk about, you know, what's going on in this world, because, you know, there's, I know you're not an animal communicator, but, but there's a passion about animals that are going extinct with you, and how that affects the whole ecological system. Yes. So I, well, I I think it bears repeating. I'm going to just share that story, which really set me on my path. I was living in Northern California, and I was 19, 18, 19 years old at the time. And this was quite a ways back. I'm going to date myself here, but it's pretty important. This was after the Vietnamese War, and a lot of the Vietnamese uh, immigrated over to the Bay Area. And they had a method of fishing, which was gill netting. And they started setting gill nets along the coast of where I lived. And the bycatch of gill netting, which, you know, there's a lot of open sea trawling that, that is the same principle. The bycatch is, is never really accounted for. We're starting to now have a lot more awareness about it. But what happened was all these birds, thousands of birds started washing up dead as a result of these, the bycatch of these gill nets. And seals started washing up and and pelicans and all manner of fish. And it was just, it it was horrific to walk down this long beach where I lived. And one day, the Audubon Society was out doing a count of all the dead birds. And as I was walking along there, I found a baby dolphin. And this dolphin had just been born and still had the fold marks from being in its mother's womb. And it was still alive. And I, I kept it alive and called the Marine Mammal Rescue Center. And they came out to get the dolphin. And, and that triggered a response in me. And I said, this cannot continue to happen. What can I do? So I called every single news station in the Bay Area and got them out there and said, you got to see what's happening here. And I went to Sacramento and I didn't really know what I was doing, but <laughs> I went to Sacramento and I met with all the, the representatives there and got a gillnet uh, ban, gillnet, gillnetting ban passed so that they couldn't do that anymore. And it awakened this passion in me to be an advocate or a voice for the environment and for these animals. And 
never before in our history have we been facing such an extinction crisis as what we're facing right now. And so I've gotten, you know, over the years, I've gotten very involved with a lot of environmental organizations that are doing really beautiful things in this world, one of which, you know, I, is my, my number one organization, and that is the Natural Resources Defense Council. And I've become a legacy member with them, and, and I, uh, I do everything that I can to make the world a better place. And right now, we're just facing catastrophic predictions by the scientists from around the world. The report from the UN last year was really astonishing. And I did a uh, climate leadership training with Al Gore last year, and I, I learned probably a little too much, <laughs> and it was very daunting, but it, it awakened this passion in me to become an advocate for the animals because I've always been about the plants, of course, being doing what I do. But I recognize, especially having been taking groups to swim with wild dolphins for the last 25 years, and I've been swimming with whales as well, that our oceans are really in trouble. And I'm noticing a diminished population in the, the oceans and the fish is disappearing and and it's really alarming what's happening. And so I had a, a pretty profound wake-up call this last year and have been guided and directed into creating a documentary about how important the animal species are to creating biodiversity in our environment, in our future, the future of humanity rests upon us really protecting and conserving the biodiversity of our environment. And so I've become very educated about it <laughs> and I've become very active about it. And it's not so much about climate, although that is probably the number one issue facing all of us, and, and we are in an extinction crisis. 61% of the animal population is predicted to go extinct within the next couple of decades. And without a lot of these animals, our ecosystem will collapse and we will not survive. So it's imperative that we keep it intact and we take actions as individuals to turn this crisis around. And the good news is, we have time to do it. We don't have a lot of time, but we do have time to do it. So can you give some examples of things we can do to start? You know, let's say there are people that have no idea where to start. Where do they start? Well, uh, there's, there's quite a few things that you can do. One is to stop using single-use plastic. And that's a big deal for a couple of reasons. One, it makes life convenient. You go to Trader Joe's and everything's in plastic, right? Or you yes. go to your Kroger and all the foods in plastic. And, and so we want to move away from that and shop locally as much as possible. So find out where your farmer's market is, buy directly. You can get cloth bags now. You can get plastic substitutes for wrapping your food. Trader Joe's has some great cloth bags, wax-wrapped cloth bags that you can put your produce in or you can wrap your cheese up in. And, and divesting of single-use plastic is a crucial step that we can all take 
stop buying plastic water bottles, you know, get filters on your tap at home and refill your glass bottles. That's a really powerful way to affect a positive change in this world because plastic takes hundreds and hundreds of years to degrade in our ecosystem. And we're seeing these great giant Pacific, the, the garbage patch out in the Pacific is the size of the state of Texas. And it's degrading all these um, small micro particles of plastic and it's showing up in all the fish now. So anytime you eat fish that's caught out in the Pacific or the Atlantic and in the, these, these plastic garbage patches are showing up in the Caribbean, they're showing up in the Atlantic and the Southern Ocean and the Pacific Ocean. In the Indian Ocean. I was in Bali last year and we went to a beach and it was, it was horrible. What was washing up on the, on the shore? Yes. And so we can all make that different. We can all have an effect on that. The, the, the irony of it, irony of it is the number one contributor to uh, the climate warming and a lot of these catastrophic predictions is the use of fossil fuels. So oil and gas and coal, all of those are, are really undermining our future. And the interesting thing about plastic is it's a result of the oil and gas industry. And the oil and gas industry recognizes that they're running out of resources and they want to continue to get the subsidies that they get from the government. And so they're moving into plastic and they're promoting plastic and they have a vested interest in us not using or not discontinuing plastic. So that's one of the first things that we can do. Secondly, another really powerful thing to do is to take your kitchen waste, and by that I mean all of the peels from your vegetables, your fruits, uh, plant clippings in your yard, and begin to do composting in your backyard. That's a really powerful thing to do because when you put all of your kitchen waste in your garbage and it goes in the landfill, it doesn't have the capacity to break down and turns into methane, which creates the warming in our atmosphere even more so. So backyard composting is really important. Uh, of course, if you can get a hybrid car or an electric car and start driving those, that's equally as important. Um, those are just a few of the things that we can look at. There's there's a lot more, and I'm happy to share more. You know, if if people want to know, they can always reach out to me because I've got a whole list of different things that they can do and get involved with organizations that are making a difference. In addition to the Natural Resources Defense Council, which is in a massive fight right now to protect all the environmental standards, the Clean Air, Clean Water Act, amongst other things. Uh, the Nature Conservancy is another really great nonprofit that you can help support because they're actually going out and they're acquiring large tracts of land and preserving them, which helps preserve the animal population and helps, you know, continue the biodiversity, which is so important for us. Because if we start to lose, if our ecosystem starts to degrade, we're looking at how are we going to grow the food? How are we going to have enough water coming in? How is it going to impact rainfall in areas that grow food? And there's a lot of issues that are really tied up in, in um, land conservation. That is fascinating. And it's so important 
to become, and I, I will share with you, I don't know a lot. And so this information is helping me as much as it's helping the audience um, because I want to make, I want to start making the right moves to help our land. You know, again, it's not just for us. We've got the children of, you know, the next generation, their children, their children. You know, if we want to keep this planet going and, and sur- doing more than surviving, flourishing. Yes. And, and I want to mention one other thing that I think is, is one of the most important ones, and that is to go organic. And, and not only in buying your food organic, but also in taking care of your yard. Stop using pesticides and fertilizers and herbicides in your garden because we're facing a pesticide crisis right now. In fact, every single person in this country has trace amounts of glyphosate, which is an ingredient in Roundup manufactured by Monsanto. Every single person, including the children that are on this planet. Now, glyphosate is a known carcinogen, meaning it causes cancer. And we all have it in our systems because of all the spraying that gets done on your neighbor's yard or even your yard if you're using it. So even if we as a tribe can take a stand and say, no more on my watch and go organic and deal with a few weeds, it's okay. (laughs) There you go. Okay, Allison, thank you so much for this. This has been such an informative and interesting segment. But we're going to go on break right now. We'll come back and we'll talk more about you, what you do, how you can help people, about your sessions, and if you're putting on any workshops. So we'll be right back. Stay tuned. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. My effing long journey to loving myself, a guide to a shorter path, is an account of Marla Goldberg's transformational journey and a guide to some of the most powerful TTTs or tips, tools, and techniques that she learned along the way. These TTTs taught her how to release anger and learn how to forgive, ultimately finding total self-acceptance and self-love. Learn to release anger, frustration, and stress. Learn to forgive others and yourself. Go from self-loathing to self-love. Pick up your copy of Marla's book by visiting marlagoldberg.net. Are you aware that each one of us was born with a mission, a sense of purpose? Even if you don't know it yet, it will reveal itself. Pay attention to the clues that will lead you to uncover your mission. Listen to Mission Possible program with host Carol Ann Fernandez. Along with some amazing guests, Carol Ann seeks to help you along the journey to manifest your mission. It's time to unleash your greater potential. Mission Possible program airs live every Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Empowerment. Want to make positive changes in your life? Explore mindfulness with host Rusty Williams on Thinking Hypnotically, Living Mindfully. People from all walks of life use hypnosis and mindfulness to overcome problems and increase positivity. 
It's time to take back control of your own life and make it more productive. Tune in for Thinking Hypnotically, Living Mindfully, live every Wednesday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern Time and 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are listening to Guided Spirit Conversations. To reach Marla Goldberg or her guest today, you're invited to call in to the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, the address is guidedspiritconversations at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back, everyone. If you've been sitting through the whole show, I hope you're finding this interesting and educational because I know I am. I'm enjoying every moment of it. And if you're just tuned in, Allison Stillman is today's guest. She is renowned aromotic. Okay, I was saying it better earlier. Aromatic <laughs> alchemist, author, teacher, coach, and one of the world's leading experts on the transformational use of essential oils. Her book. The Sacred Art of Anointing, and if you're on YouTube, you can see the, the cover of this book, um, is the result of her 40 years of research and practical experience with essential oils and is featured in the Harvard Divinity School Library. Uh, in addition, she is a true environmentalist and is you know, fighting for our ecology and our planet. And before we bring her back for conversation, I'm going to bring her in to talk about her charity because it's Charity shout-out time. So, Allison's charity is the Natural Resources Defense Council, the NRDC.org. Allison, let's share a little more about it. So, I discovered the Natural Resources Defense Council about 25 years ago when I was really doing a lot of activism fighting for the environment, and I was finding that my activism wasn't as effective as I wanted it to be. And so I started looking at, at organizations that were making a difference in the world, and I came across the NRDC. And what I love about the NRDC is they are one of the most powerful legal organizations in the world today, and they have the largest law firms in the world on their board, and their legal might goes up against government organizations, multi-billion dollar mining corporations, and they win lawsuits. And so I'll give you an example. Um, they were looking to do, the Navy was looking to do sonar testing in a whale migration area off the coast of California a number of years ago. And the NRDC took him to court and they won so that the Navy wasn't able to do these sonar testing which would have killed whales and damaged their, their uh, ears or their, their, their body. So anyway, the NRDC won that. And another example of their, their incredible might is they, the Bristol Bay Wilderness up in Alaska is home to five Inuit tribes, native tribes, and is the last remaining headwaters for wild Alaskan salmon. And a big copper mining consortium, multi-billion dollar company out of Europe wanted to come over and 
mine copper in that area, which the tailings from that mining would have destroyed that area and destroyed the livelihood for these native tribes. And the NRDC filed a lawsuit against them and they won. So they are a very powerful organization. They currently have about 107 lawsuits going against our current administration that are attempting to roll back environmental issues that protect the health and welfare of the American people. And so I, I've become a legacy member with them and they're my primary organization. I think it's worth it. So the NRDC.org, if you want to get more information, you want to help, donate. Um, And I'm sure that if you have talents that they could use, come aboard. I'm sure they can use all the manpower they can get as well. It's not just about money. It's about manpower. And it's also about, you know, walking a talk and helping the, the environment itself. Okay, well, now we're going to get into some more metaphysical. Let's talk about your courses. What do you, what do you, what's on the docket? What are you about to start teaching? So I have a new online course that's coming out. I'll probably launch it in March called From Mediocre to Magnificent. And I came up with that title because it's kind of been my journey in life. And I find that it's most people's journey. And we, we come in as these little ones and we get programmed very quickly by our families and by our communities and the environment that we grow up in. And we tend to settle for the human experience and we forget that we're these divine, magnificent beings that have just come to have a human experience. We take the human experience as being... The, the ultimate experience, and it's not. And so I've always been on a spiritual quest to know the divine within me and all around me. And it's taken me on an epic journey of, of mm-hmm. awakening. And my goal is magnificence in life, in everything that I do and everything that I give and to share tools that I have learned through my journey to help people transform their lives from settling or, or not having what they want in their lives or you know, maybe it's not enough money or maybe their relationship isn't where they want it to be or maybe their bodies aren't in the shape that they'd like them to be. And so how do you break out of that place of just settling for what is instead of going for magnificence? Because anything is possible in this life. We can I have and do whatever we want. We just have to break free of those old paradigms and belief systems that we borrowed when we were little kids and that tend to run us. Well, I, mean, I think more than borrowed, I think they're so imprinted because it starts from childhood. First of all, it starts in the womb because as an embryo, we hear conversations. And if someone's not happy that day, you feel it. If they're stressed, you feel it as, an in, as, as a growing baby, you know, in, in the womb. And then you come out and, you know, you hear judgments and criticisms and you know it it all gets imprinted in that's where you know that's my my bailiwick my wheelhouse about imprints and it's um 
So it sounds like it's a great course to take to help shift your life, tweak it, enhance it. You know, it, what it can bring you, whatever you want it to have, correct? Exactly. And, it, you know, it was, it's, it's born out of I want to share what I have experienced because I lived for a long time of just having enough, right? And, and I did a lot of work. I've had some brilliant mentors and coaches and teachers along the way. And, and one of my favorite people was Bob Proctor. And I've done a lot of work with him and, and taken, I, I think, 17 different workshops. And wow. one of the things that awakened in me uh, with Bob Proctor was my, my beliefs around money and abundance. And it's so funny because I really woke up to what I grew up with. And, and I grew up with money, money doesn't grow on trees and there's not enough, right? And so yeah. I, that's how I lived my life. And I didn't even realize I was living at the effect of that. But when I, when I dove into it and said, okay, why, am I, why have I not been able to create the things that I'm wanting to create in my life? And I, and I got into that. I went wait a minute, <laughs> money actually does grow on trees. It's paper. Right. But I, I borrowed that from childhood and it got stuck in my subconscious and I lived by it. So no matter what I thought in my intellect, which is all we develop through school, right. I still was living at the effect of that. And I went, oh, okay, wait a minute. And then the whole notion that there's not enough, well, money's energy, it's currency, Right. And if you go outside, I mean, it's just the same as the air that we breathe or the leaves on the trees. If every single person in the world went outside at the same time and took a big inhale, would we run out of air? No. Absolutely not. So I had to retrain myself and put new beliefs in that actually enabled me to become a generator of abundance right? To vibrate at a higher frequency to draw that to me. And my life is completely different. It's completely changed. And I have a beautiful, magnificent life as a result of it. And so there have been a lot of things that I've done along the way to allow me to move into that place. And do I always stay in a state of magnificence? No, I'm in a human body and I have human experiences. But that's my aspiration and that's what I choose to vibrate at as much as I possibly can because the more abundance I have in my life, the more I can give and the more I can do and the more change I can make happen in the world. That's It's true. It's so true. And I, I resonate so with what you share because I have the same thing. And when you sit there and say, I, have en- I don't have enough and, and you, know, you hear your mother or your parents you know, words in your head with all this negativity and limitations. And it's like, how do you break through of the binds that hold you in those limitations? So your workshop will in May, did you say March? And the coaching too, you know, I really want to just give a shout out to the coaching because that was actually born in a uh, Bob Proctor workshop because I recognize that the, the work that he does, which I have, really gotten into with the coaching and the essential oils. If you can work on the subconscious programming 
and establish new belief systems and at the same time work with oils to change the neuronal networks of the brain through the limbic system, the emotional behavioral centers of the brain, it changes the entire frequency in your body or the vibration that you're emanating in the world. And it's magical how you start to draw things to you and how your life changes and transforms. That's the alchemy. That's really the true alchemy. Yeah. And that's where the change comes, which is amazing. It's absolutely amazing. I think Bob, Bob Proctor is phenomenal. He is. He's one of the greatest teachers on the planet. He and Dr. Joe Dispenza, who's my, my current mentor. (laughs) which is great i yeah i meditate to um bob's medit there's a meditation on abundance and i just i listen to it and it just and i and i i hear what he's doing i know how he's doing it and what you know the words he's saying but i just love it and well and i think it's so important for all of us to have coaches and teachers, teachers and coaches and leaders who guide us and who mentor us. I am a huge, huge proponent of having mentors and coaches. And I would not be in the place that I'm in now if I hadn't had that or continue to have that in my life because we are either growing or declining in life. And I have chosen path of growth and evolution. And so I think that's a, that's a question that everyone needs to ask themselves. Are you growing or are you declining? And are you willing to settle for mediocrity or do you want magnificence in your life? And if you want magnificence, get ready to step out of your comfort zone and get comfortable being uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 they're always going to I was going to add to this about there's no age limit. You could be 70 years old, older, younger. There's no age limit. You can't say I'm too old to change. I'm too old to do this. That's so right. please check out Allison's website at www. Allison Stillman and it's Allison A L L I S O N S T I L L M A N. Allison, thank you so much for being a guest on the show again. Love the information, love the conversation. And I love you. So I love you too, Marla. Thank (laughs) thank you so much for having me. And I love our spirited conversations. It's just, they're so beautiful. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. And to to you um, out there, I want to thank Voice America, everyone who helps put on the show, Matt, Robert, Jeff, Ryan, thank you. Um, I want to thank Teresa Scott Greed, my assistant. She's my left hand. She's my right hand. And I want to thank you for taking time out of your day to be a part of this conversation. And if you have any questions or comments or suggestions, please feel free to reach out to me at Marla at MGHealer.com. And I will answer everything, I promise. Um, And stay tuned for next week's show because it's going to be a good one, as always. And Remember to be kind to others. And until next week, I send you love, I send you gratitude, and I send you blessings. Blessings. 